so I got a new microphone, the kind that you use for like podcasts, and I'm pretty sure that all it's going to do is accentuate the cars that are going by, and every time I drink water, when in actuality, I am hoping that it's clearer and you hear me better and I sound better, but I just can't pretend to be somebody that I'm not and there are cars going by and I do drink water and (laughs) the podcast really isn't about the quality of the sound as much as it is hopefully the quality of the content. Hi everybody, I'm Chrissy Baki and I am the hippie Christian who cares. So in my first podcast, we talked about the Lord's Prayer, and I just shared how I pray it. In fact, every one of these episodes that I do is really just going to be me talking about what I think, what I've learned, what I know, um, what I wonder, in hopes that it'll get you thinking and wondering and sort of seeking this crazy Christianity that... I can't live without. And it's not really the Christianity I can't live without. It's the Christ in the Christianity. So this week, I am talking about prayer again, specifically Psalm 51. And a psalm is like a sacred song or a prayer or a poem. And the psalms are full of just about every emotion that you can imagine. So there's one that could really match just about every circumstance of your life. And so in reading them, I just feel very connected to God. Leslie F. Brandt is a pastor who wrote a book called Psalms Now. And it's kind of like Eugene Peterson's The Message, where the Reverend Brandt took his version of the Psalms and like rewrote them how they are. um, What's the word I'm looking for perceived by him. And so it's, I think it's something very cool to do. It's really cool to read a Psalm and then write it in your own words and, and just in your own interpretation. I'm a huge believer in the fact that God's word is living and breathing. That's what the Bible says, right? But it's interesting because if you take a part of the Psalms or any part of the scripture and every one of us read it, we all are going to interpret it a little bit differently. And I feel like that is like when we speak to one another, I'm you somebody might listen to this podcast and get one thing out of it somebody else might listen and get another thing out of it and so it doesn't necessarily mean somebody is right or wrong it's how they feel when they're reading it and how they perceive it and it is God talking to you and so maybe that intended meaning at that moment was God knowing that you would read that at that moment And this is what he wants to say to you. I think that's where the hippie Christian comes in and people um, 
certain churches and certain pastors and priests would be like, whoa, real loosey-goosey there, Chris. So slow your roll. But I like to think of uh, the Bible as our text message from God to each one of us. It's extremely personal. Um, so this, the Psalms have both the law and the gospel in it, and the law being how we should behave, and the gospel being that Jesus died on the cross to save our sins, and by the grace of God, we are forgiven. And so Psalm 51, I, I use a portion of that every day when I pray. So I'm just going to read you the whole Psalm, just in case you haven't heard it. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. In your good pleasure, make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then there will be righteous sacrifice whole burnt offerings to delight you. That is just a whole lot to take in and to really go through. And as some people say, like to unpack, I love verses like wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from sin. I appreciate against you, you only have I sinned and have done what is evil in your sight and and you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. At the end of the day, no matter who we sin against, we sin against God um, and that God desires truth. Um, asking God to teach me wisdom. I love the cleanse me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness in the bones that you have crushed. Um, For the bones you have crushed, let me rejoice. I love the part 
Um, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. And the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. That is the part where I understand where we say, break our hearts for what breaks yours, God. And so when we are truly repentant of our sins, our hearts are broken. And then God knows that we are open for forgiveness and that we truly desire it. And so I pray this for a couple different reasons. Um, I like to start off my prayer every day with a clean heart. And I do so because it's powerful. And, and in Psalm 51, it speaks to me in a couple different ways. So the first one is, I have this really early recollection of going to a, a yard actually somebody's yard vacation Bible school. I would call it backyard vacation Bible school, but I happen to remember it was their front yard, but it was a young girl who was teaching Bible stories. And I don't know, maybe it wasn't vacation Bible school at all, but I remember we walked down to this house and we sat on the lawn and the young girl had a like an index card, but instead of the lines on it, it was completely blank and no marks on it at all. And she said, when Jesus forgives your sins, your sins are as white as snow. And at the moment I lived in Tennessee and it had only snowed there once that I remember. And so I don't know that I really, it really resonated about the snow with me, but just how clean and white that piece of paper was and thinking that I wanted to have a clean heart. I now live in Wisconsin and a fresh snow is so white and so beautiful that it still resonates with me. So I want to start my prayer in with it with forgiveness and asking God to give me a clean heart. The second part is probably not very nice, but it just it just made me giggle because this is a, a prayer, this psalm is a prayer by David, and David was praying for forgiveness for some really bad stuff. Um, he committed adultery and he had the husband killed. So I just was like, oh my gosh, I haven't done that. I haven't committed adultery and I haven't ever killed anybody or had somebody killed. So Jesus should be able to forgive me, right? Let's talk just a minute about David and this story of David. Because remember, David actually was found to be a man after God's own heart. So in 2 Samuel chapter 11, David is the king. And so you may remember David of David and Goliath. He is 
one of Jesse's sons and certainly not the oldest and certainly not the strongest. Um, probably the most beautiful though. They do say that David was a hottie. I'm just saying. And, but he was kind of small uh, and he was a shepherd boy. Uh, he was poet and he was um, uh, we're, a, a musician. And I was going to say like a harp player, but you don't really carry around a harp. So that's kind of hilarious, but it's, it's one of those liars. Um, and so he played musical instruments and he, it sounds like he was just an artistic, creative um, shepherd kind of kid that was also gorgeous. And he is actually chosen to be the next king after Saul. And at first, Saul loves David, and then Saul gets in lots of fights and gets jealous over David. But eventually, David becomes king. And now he is king, and he is in his, we'll say, castle. And th there was like a rooftop that, you know, was probably like a deck or whatever. And so it's the evening, and David goes up on the roof, and, you know, he can see into the city and like across the street or something. He looks down and there is Bathsheba taking a bath. And so she's gorgeous and he's attracted and it doesn't go good after that because he sends a servant to go over to Bathsheba's house and invites her over. And she goes over, but who wouldn't go over? He's the king, right? And, um, and I'm probably sure it it makes it even easier if he's gorgeous. And now all of a sudden I'm laughing because I'm thinking of Bridgerton. Um, Your Grace, the beautiful brown-skinned man that plays the Duke, and he's gorgeous. And so, you know, maybe that's sort of David-like. And so Beth Bathsheba does go over, and yep, they ended up doing it, and she gets pregnant. Like, seriously, David, not smart. So she informs him that she's pregnant and he knows she's married to um, Uriah and he gets, he sends for Uriah to come home. And he's like, yay, glad you're home. Thanks for doing all this stuff. Hey, go home, you know, go home, have sex with your wife. It'll be great. But Uriah is like this super dedicated soldier. And, you know, here the king has just invited you to his home. But he's like, I should be back with my men fighting. And instead of going home and sleeping with his wife, he literally camps out on David's porch just as like a dedicated soldier. And so David's like, what are you doing? Like, why wouldn't you go home? And he's like, dude, you're my king and I serve you and these soldiers. That would be so wrong of me to take that kind of liberty and just be all relaxed and whatever. So no, I can't do it. So David's like, seriously, whatever. And so he sends a note back with Uriah that pretty much says, send Uriah to the front line and then once you do, pull back, which pretty much means Uriah's on his own and he's naturally going to get killed, right? So 
super awful, super bad. And he, in fact, does lose his life. And David then marries Bathsheba. Well, a little bit later, Nathan, who is a prophet, comes and shares, talks to David and shares a story about this horrible person that basically stole the only sheep that somebody had. And his whole point in telling this story is to point out like, David, that's you. Because when David hears the story, he's like, that's horrible. That person's terrible and should be punished. And that's awful. And Nathan's like, well, that's you. That's what you did when you slept with Bathsheba and then had Uriah killed. And he's like, and God's really mad and there are consequences. And so David gets it and he is sad and he is repentant and there are pretty severe consequences. I won't completely do a spoiler alert because I've pretty much ruined the whole story already, but that's where Psalm 51 comes. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your willing spirit. So, like, seriously, I'm like, all right, I do some bad things. I'm kind of a jerk sometimes. And my mouth is real ugly. And sometimes I drop the F-bomb. Okay, maybe more than sometimes, but I'm really working on that. And I'm like, ah, that's got to be easier for God to forgive than murder and adultery. But you know what? Sin is sin with God. And it doesn't matter how many times we sin or how awful the sin, sin is sin and we're all broken and we're all broken, whether you're a king or a hippie. So I like to start with that when I pray and it makes me feel like I'm coming to God with a clean heart. And then from there, I actually, I'm just going to share the rest of how I pray just to give you an idea maybe of how you can start praying. Water break. And um, so I always start with myself. Sounds selfish, right? But I look at it sort of like being in the plane and the oxygen coming down and you put the oxygen on first and then you help your child. And so I figure if I start with asking God for a clean heart and then start praying about my needs, then I will be ready to help somebody, pray for somebody else. And so I usually pray mind, body, and soul. I ask God to be in my thoughts and the way that I think and the way that I process everything. I ask him to Sometimes I even ask for the mind of Christ, and I know that sounds crazy because who I, I, like I don't even know what I do with it. But but that's also biblical that we want to take thoughts captive and to think like Jesus does. Um, body, uh, I want to have a healthy body. I want to use my body in ways that are pleasing to God, 
and um, serve others. And because God get, has given me this body here on earth, I should treat it with the respect. And I haven't always done that. And honestly, it was at my all-time heaviest that I realized that God still loved me, whether I was heavy or thin or pretty or ugly or no matter what, like he made me and he created me in his image and he absolutely loved me. So it wasn't about fat or skinny or tall or short or, you know, tan or not or bumpy skin or, um, you know, hairy legs and hairy armpits and things that we consider unattractive. It was about a clean heart, right? And that Jesus died on the cross, whether I weighed a hundred pounds or 200 pounds. And so I'll never weigh a hundred pounds. I'm just going to quick stop and tell you that because that's just not in my DNA. Um, and I've also weighed over 200 pounds. So I'm just saying those are just numbers. And so I do pray for my body and I do try to be a little bit healthier and real honest. I love sugar. Sugar's kind of my drug of choice. And so sometimes I like go off the beaten path there. And so, and that's no worse than any other addiction. So, you know, once again, we're all broken and another reason why I pray for that clean heart. And so from mind and body, and then of course my soul, because I for sure want to protect my soul and I want God to know that I know that Jesus is my savior because that's all we need to do is profess the name to, to say it with our mouth and believe it with our heart and we are saved. And so um, and when I say saved, I mean like we're going to heaven, like Jesus died for us and because we acknowledge it, we get it. That's all there is to it. It's that Jesus loves me, this I know kind of theology. Love God, love others real easy stuff and every and in the world and the, and humans just mess it up. So you'll probably hear that message every time I speak. So after I pray for myself and um it almost always includes um a raise and a promotion. I'm just joking. I'm totally not like that. But I do pray for work often because work can get super stressful. I pray for um things like this podcast. And honestly, I feel like this was a direction God was leading me in. And then I'm like, all right, do you really want me to do it? And you, you would be amazed how God sends messages, messages to you that really do back up what you're thinking and feeling. And then when you read the Bible and something speaks to you in a direction that you're praying about, it's like God answering you there too. It's a, I have a whole thing on listening prayer that maybe that will be next week's is um, listening prayer. But anyways, so after I'm done praying for myself, I always pray for my family next. Um, I keep, I kind of look at it as sort of um, circles and your, you know, your inner circle is 
is you and God, and then your outer circle is your immediate family and your extended family, and then friends, and then work, and then others, and then people you don't even know. Um, so that's sort of how I go about it. I pray for certainly friends and work and others. Facebook, how many times on social media has somebody said, please pray for my friend or please pray for my mom or whatever? I think that's important. And so sometimes I'm like, dear God, there's probably a ton of social media requests out there for prayer. And so here's a few that I know of. And uh, please take care of the ones that I don't even remember. And then um, I go to like super special requests. Prayers where somebody has specifically asked me to pray. Prayers for people I want to pray for. I always pray for anybody who doesn't know Jesus, who I love, to come to know Jesus. And I, it, it's not necessarily my job. Not necessarily. It's not my job at all to save someone. It's simply my job to share with somebody. And only through the Holy Spirit is anybody going to truly come to know Jesus. But I pray that that Holy Spirit would show up in the right person at the right time or in the right circumstances. And um, because I know that their life and of course their eternal life will be so much better. And then at the very end, I end with Lord's Prayer. And um, I talked a little bit about that last time. So if you didn't listen to episode one, listen to episode one, because it's epic on how Chrissy feels about the Lord's Prayer. And it used to be like, blah, 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 it's the Lord's Prayer. Because you just pray it over and over in church. And like everybody prays it super fast and whatever. And so now I really ponder it and I really like to pray it. And I really like to make sure that I am thinking about exactly what it means. And I can't even tell you how distracted I get. I'll be like praying and then sometimes God gives me like a genius idea right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. And I'm like, thanks for the cool idea. Do I stop praying right now? Do I call somebody at work and say, hey, I got a really cool idea. Do I call my friend and say, hey, I finally figured that out. Um, and the cool part is, is anytime God gives me one of those ideas, I usually rarely forget them. So I know they're from God. Um, Sometimes I just look and I see the beauty that's around, like in nature, like the sky is gorgeous or, you know, the landscapes, birds, you know, it's amazing how much wildlife you will see when you're praying. Um, I, I just talk to God sometimes, like in the middle of praying, I get distracted. And next thing you know, I'll be like, okay, God, yeah, you're right here in the car. I'm praying to you. And I'm totally distracted and it's like I'm ignoring you when I could just say, oh my gosh, I'm sorry I'm so distracted. I will now pick up where I left off. And I can't tell you how often I really truly feel his presence. He answers my prayers and I can give you lots of times where God has given me a verse or something has happened that I just know would not have happened without God and his presence there. And so I love it when other people share their stories 
like, you know, give me a sign. And next thing you know, there's a billboard that says, here's your sign. Come on. That's just good stuff. That's not my story. But somebody shared that with me one time and I was like, oh, I love that. So, um, for me, things I can think of just off the top of my head that might not be as cool as the billboard, but people who have gotten well, um, babies that are born, or sorry about that, I'm not sure what just happened, progress that happens. Um, lots of times God has said, wait, I've prayed over things that I wish would happen. And six months later, I'm still praying for them. And I know there's a lesson in there. I know that God is asking me to wait for one reason or another. And in that, my attitude changes. Um, I Prayer strengthens my faith every time. And at the end of the day, I just always know that God is real and God is personal. So that's just me. Um, and honestly, I think prayer, I think prayer is like underwear. I know, right? That's so weird. But all of a sudden I started thinking like, how can I really describe prayer? And how can I really describe the way I pray? And it came down to underwear. You know, it's super personal, right? It It's personal. You don't necessarily show people your underwear because it's very private. It's totally comfortable. It's very, very comforting. And, you know, it takes care of your, your private stuff and your personal stuff. And it's necessary. Um, sometimes it's uncomfortable. And you know how that goes. Sometimes your underwear gets a little bit wedged and it's not very comfortable or your um, your elastic is wearing or thinning or whatever, grinding in your waist, whatever. So it's uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, it's yours. It belongs to you. And so I would recommend that you just try it, that you just try praying and starting a conversation with God. Start with a psalm. David wrote lot, a lot of the psalms because David prayed. David knew God, grew up knowing God, and as he became closer and closer to God, he continued to pray. Did it make his life perfect? Nope, clearly not, because he still made bad choices and he still had things go wrong. But God forgave him, and the Bible actually says that God calls David a man after his own heart. So God sees the goodness beyond the human sin that happens. And so, you know, starting with prayers that you have learned or somebody has taught you or the Lord's Prayer, pray, look in the Bible and look up, you know, Google it. I mean, seriously, there's David's prayer and Hannah's prayer and Jonah's prayer from inside the belly of a fish and Solomon's prayer. Read the Bible and find 
a verse and pray over that verse. Pray on something that speaks to you and use that as part of your prayer. God loves that, I assume, because I don't know that I can actually speak for God, but I just know that when we are in communication with Him and we're reading um, His Word and we're praying to Him, that who doesn't love that, right? That's what we love when we talk to our friends and our family. So, or, I shouldn't say so, I should say, or, you can be like me and mix and match it. Make up some of your own prayer, um, use a little bit of the Lord's Prayer or Psalm 51, or write a prayer. But no matter what, just talk to God and you'll find that it will change your life. Next time, I think I will give you lots of examples of prayers you can pray and ways you can pray. There's so many different acronyms for prayer for prayers or how to pray and things that you can do. I'll talk a little bit about listening prayer. That one is crazy awesome for me and I haven't done it in a long time and I need to because boy are you ever right there with God and it's so great. But no matter what you do, like like you know, I say that and somebody else has a completely different experience. So just come back I am the hippie Christian who cares. And at the end of the day, like, who really cares, right? I hope you do, because God is so good. See you next time.